0: This episode of Rack and Tour Denver is brought to you in collaboration with Sunrise Robot. Be sure to visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Rack and Tour Denver is a storytelling event created by Amber Blaze, Derek Mund, and me, Michael Edwards.
1: Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Rack and Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen, and three curated storytellers share their tales. In addition to the three chosen Raconteurs, audience members have an opportunity to sign up and tell their own stories.
0: All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming Raconteur events and listen to other episodes at raconteurdenver.com.
1: This Raconteur event took place at Carbon Beverage Cafe in Denver. Our topic this evening was first inebriation
0: during each raconteur event we invite the audience to sign up and tell their own stories out of our volunteer storytellers from this event we chose 3 to share our first impromptu raconteur is alicia who tells us about one of her first adult relationships
2: i'm alicia mountain and i don't live in denver uh, i'm visiting and trying to find an apartment before i move to denver at the end of the summer so Uh, A poet told me that another poet would be here, and I'm a poet, and so I decided to show up because there are so few of us. Um, So, like Brian, I also had an antagonistic spirit towards my peers in high school and uh, in an act of protest refused to enjoy alcohol, uh, though that probably would have done wonders for my social life. Um, I think in... In high school, I was just figuring out that I was a gay person. And uh, it seemed like, you know, health class told me that if you have alcohol, you do th- you lose your inhibitions, you do things you regret. You, It's the truth serum. And I knew that my truth serum was that I really wanted to make out with the girl that sat behind me in English class. Um, and so that was not going to be okay. And uh, by the time I got to college it was a little bit more okay, and so when I was about 20, I, um, I got set up by a guy I played Ultimate Frisbee with, and he set me up with his much older sister. I was 20 years old, and she was like 28, and she was a lawyer, and I just thought that that was like, that was that was money. Like this was an adult woman who was a lawyer who liked other women, and she had a pit bull, and she had an apartment in Brooklyn, and she was a grown up. And I was psyched, and I didn't have an ID, but uh, we were. I was going to my first gay bar, and it was in New York City. I went to college. Um, uptown in New York City in kind of like a relatively cloistered area, and this was in Brooklyn, so it was like an hour and a half subway ride, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was psyched and freaked out and totally getting towards inebriation. Uh, And when I got there, I somehow managed to get into the bar. I can't actually recall how I got into the bar because I definitely didn't have a fake ID uh, because I didn't drink. And uh, got got into the bar, ordered myself a beer, uh, and walked out to a back patio, very much like the back patio we are at today, and then just got to spend the rest of this evening with an adult-ass woman who I was just, like, over the moon about, and... Um, and I think she took me seriously, which was very cool. It was the first time I'd been in a gay bar, and that it that in and of itself was totally mesmerizing—to like be surrounded by people, knowing that like we were the majority. And I hope that that's an experience you all get to have at some point—is just being surrounded by folks and feeling like, oh, this is our place, whatever that means for you and for your identity. And at one point. We were sitting in the corner of this back patio, and these two people start approaching us, and one of them looks familiar, but I'm not sure why, and I ask Chris to put her arm around me, because I was freaked out, and I didn't know why they were doing this, and it was also kind of a move to get her to put her, like, denim jacket-clad arm around me, Um, and she did, and they came up, and uh, one of them was, like, wing-womaning for the other, and was like, I asked her who she wanted to talk to in this whole bar, and she picked you. And it was me, and I was 20. And I was like, what? And we chatted for a sec, but I was like really trying to get with this person who had her arm around me. And so then when they walked away, I was like, why, like, why, do, why do we know them? She was like, oh, she was on America's Next Top Model. And I was like, what is this incredible world? And, <laughs> and I think I probably got drunk. I think I probably had three beers. And I remember Chris drank Amstel Light out of a bottle. And, um, and you know, it never went, never went too far. But uh, she texted me the other day when we had a back and forth. And she has a kid and, you know, we're just casually friends. And she, the last thing she said was, let me know when next you're in NY and questions can be answered in person over beers. And there's still a, there's still a bit of a, a torch there and a bit of a hope there that has nothing to do with this lovely person, but just something to do with the special space of the gay bar or the nightclub or the, the place where you know that you're at home. Thank you.
0: Our second impromptu raconteur is Derek, who's also our co-curator. He tells us about his first inebriation with his grandfather.
3: I was going to tell a story, uh, uh, but I'm going to tell a different one. Uh, just a very brief anecdotal thing about um, drink. the first time I drank with my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was a bartender. I'm a bartender. It's kind of a, a thing. And uh, he taught me how to make my first Manhattan when I was about 12. And I think this was uh, Thanksgiving when I was like 16. And uh, he pours a shot for myself, for him, and for my cousin. And we're like, oh, we're drinking with Grandpa. It's Sambuca. Evidently, you're supposed to sip Sambuca. I was 16. I didn't know this, so we just shoot it. And he goes, oh, but Jesus. And he pours us another shot, and we're just like, oh, fuck you. And we shoot it again. (laughs) And then he pours us another shot, and he's like, you're supposed to sip it. And we're like, okay, okay, okay. And we're sipping it and we're hanging out. It's like us, some of my uncles, and uh, he leaves to go to the bathroom. And uh, in my family on Thanksgiving, it's a very heavy drinking after dinner party. So there's an empty bottle of uh, Irish mist. Does everyone know what Irish mist is? It's a sweetened Irish liqueur whiskey. Um, so it's, there's an empty bottle of it and we fill it with Werner's, which does anyone know what Verner's is? Yeah, it's Michigan ginger ale. Uh, so we fill this bottle with Verner's, and my cousin is a very large guy. He's about 6'5", and my grandpa is, was more like my height. So he, we, he comes back in. Uh, my cousin Tom grabs a bottle of Werner's that is Irish mist, and uh, just starts drinking it like out of the bottle and all of my uncles and us we start pounding on the table going chug 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 and my grandpa's like oh god you're gonna kill the boy like he's gonna die we're giving him alcohol poisoning and he goes to stop my cousin but because my cousin's a very large guy he's able to just put his hand on my grandfather's forehead and finish a bottle and it took about 15 minutes to convince my grandfather that, like, Tom's not gonna die, he doesn't have alcohol poisoning, it was a joke. But that was the first time I drank with my grandfather.
0: Our final impromptu raconteur is Jackie. She tells us the story of her first acid trip.
4: So everybody who shared stories was very clever and I felt like they dug deep for their theme. Um, But this story is about drugs. This story is about the first time I took acid. Um, I was 16, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, My family was out of town and I called my friend Matt and I was like, hey Matt, I just picked up this acid. Do you wanna come over? And he's like, yeah, sure. Where's your family? I'm like, they're gone. Like, We don't have to worry about them. They're gone. Um, so he comes over. We take some acid. We start looking at the clouds. And he's like, dude, the clouds are breathing. And I'm like, oh my God, I know. And I like, that was it. That was it for me. Um, but then like a couple hours into the trip, I noticed my phone is just like ringing, ringing, ringing. And I'm like, Like, this is the first time I've done this. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I should have shut my phone off. I should have left it inside. Um, But I look at my phone and it's like four missed calls from my dad and I'm like, oh fuck, like he knows. He knows what I'm doing. He's six hours away in Ohio. I live in Chicago at the time. Um, So the next time he calls me, I pick it up and I'm like, hey, what's up, what's going on? Like, I love you, dad, how are you? And he's like, you know, I, I'm i really sorry. I have some really bad news. Like, are you sitting down? Like, what's going on? What are you doing? And he's like, the dog died. Like, they went on a trip out of town. They took the dog. And they're like, we had to put the dog down. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like... Like just sitting there, there's like moments of silence. I'm on the phone. I'm like, uh, he's like, hello, hello. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Am I here? I don't know. Like, um, so pretty much I look at my friend Matt. I'm like, you have to leave. Like you have to go home. Like I need to be alone. I don't know. I don't know what to do right now. Like you need to leave. So I'm alone in my house. First time tripping balls. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I start turning all the picture frames around because looking at my family makes me sad. I don't know, Um, I don't know. But pretty much like I just spent the whole time thinking about like, oh God, I'm so alone. Like this is so terrifying. My dog's dead. What am I gonna do? Like my dad knows I'm on acid. I'm totally getting grounded. Like, so I pick up the phone. I call another really good friend, um, my best friend since kindergarten. And I'm like, she does not do drugs. She's sober. She's always been sober. and I'm like, Aaron, I need you. I need you to come here now. Please come get me right now. Like, and so she comes over, and she's like, what is wrong? Like, She's 16, too. She doesn't know what I'm doing. She, I haven't filled her in. Like, and she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, like, I, took, I took this acid. Please don't be mad at me. Like, and she's like, oh, my God. And she tries really hard not to freak out. And so she calms me down after she calms herself down. And I just remember her sitting there being like, in a time where I was totally freaking out, completely out of my mind, she's like, it's gonna be okay. And, like, for that moment, I was so thankful. And I hope all of you guys have friends like my friend Aaron.
0: If you enjoyed this story and live in Denver, join us at the Preservery on September 14th for our next Rack and Tour event with the topic of first adulting.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Rack and Tour Denver. Here's a reminder to visit Denver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, podcasts and more. This podcast was recorded and edited by Michael Edwards of Sunrise Robot. Visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology and culture.